Chapter 12 of Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Fascio. Life of Luther by Gustav A. Just. Chapter 12 Luther, the Staunch Confessor. 1. Luther cited to appear at the Diet at Worms. In 1521, Charles V held his first diet at Worms. Among other matters, Luther's case was also to be discussed. The elector therefore asked Luther whether he were willing to appear at the diet. Luther answered, If I am called, I shall, as far as I am concerned, go there sick if I cannot go there well, for I dare not doubt that God calls me when my emperor calls. You may expect everything of me save flight or recantation. I will not flee, much less will I recant. May the Lord Jesus help me. On the 26th of March, the imperial herald, Caspar Sturm, who was to act as Luther's safe conduct, arrived in Wittenberg and delivered to him the emperor's citation, according to which Luther was to appear at the Diet within 21 days. Friends reminded Luther of the danger awaiting him, fearing that he would be burned like Huss. But Luther replied, and if my enemies kindle a fire between Wittenberg and Worms reaching up to heaven, yet will I appear in the name of the Lord, step into the very mouth and between the great teeth of the devil, confess Christ, and let him have full sway. Upon the journey Luther became dangerously ill. His enemies also tried to keep him away from Worms. But filled with faith and courage, he declared, Christ liveth! Therefore we will enter Worms in spite of the gates of hell, and in defiance of the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 2. And when even his friend Spalatin begged him not to go to Worms, Luther answered, If there were as many devils in Worms as there are tiles upon the roofs, yet I would enter it. 2. Luther's Entrance into Worms on the 16th of April, 1521, the watchman upon the cathedral spire at Worms gave the trumpet signal, announcing the approach of a cavalcade. At its head rode the herald wearing the imperial eagle on his breast. Luther, dressed in his monk's cowl, followed in an open wagon, surrounded by a great number of stately horsemen, some of whom had joined him on the way, while others had gone from Worms to meet him. A surging mass of people gathered and pressed about the wagon. In boundless joy men and women, old and young, cheered him, and blessed the day on which they had been permitted to see the man who had dared to break the fetters of the Pope, and to deliver poor Christianity from his bondage. On stepping from his wagon at his lodging-place, Luther said, God will be with me. On the same day Luther received many of the counts and lords that waited upon him late into the night. The landgrave of Hestia also came to see him, Upon leaving, this nobleman shook his hand and said, If you are in the right, doctor, may God help you. The partisans of the Pope pressed the emperor to do away with Luther and have him executed like Huss. But Charles said, A man must keep his promise. Luther spent the night in prayer to strengthen himself for the ordeal of appearing before the emperor and the assembled diet. 3. Luther before the Diet Early the next morning the marshal of the empire came to Luther and delivered to him the imperial order to appear before the Diet at four o'clock that afternoon. The decisive hour was drawing nigh in which this faithful witness of Jesus Christ was to stand before the great and mighty of this earth, to profess a good profession before many witnesses. 
at the time specified luther was escorted into the council chamber immense crowds had gathered in the streets many of them had even climbed on the roofs in order to see the monk who therefore was forced to take his way through hidden paths gardens and sheds in order to reach the assembly when entering the hallway the celebrated old general george von frunsberg patted him on the shoulder and said monk monk you are now upon a road the like of which i and many other captain have never gone in our most desperate encounters but if you are sincere and sure of your cause go on in the name of god and be of good cheer god will not forsake you then the door was opened and luther stood before the mighty of this earth perhaps never before had there been such a numerous and august assembly the council chamber was crowded and about five thousand people had gathered in the vestibules upon the stairways and at the windows the first question put to luther was whether he acknowledged the books lying upon the bench to be his own and whether he would retract their contents or abide by their teachings luther could not be prepared to answer this question for the imperial citation had only mentioned a desire to be informed as to his doctrine and books after luther had examined the title of all the books he answered the first question in the affirmative as to the second question however whether he would recant he declared that he could not answer this at once since it was a matter that concerned faith salvation and the word of god the greatest treasure in heaven and on earth on which he must be careful not to speak unadvisedly he therefore asked the emperor to grant him time for reflection this request was granted and the herald conducted him back to his lodgings on thursday april eighteenth he was called again he had to wait nearly two hours wedged in the throng before he was admitted when he finally entered the lights were already lit and the council chamber brilliantly illuminated he was now asked whether he would defend his books or recant luther replied at length declaring humbly but with great confidence and firmness that by what he had written and taught in signalness of heart he had sought only the glory of god and the welfare and salvation of christians he cited the word of christ quote, if i have spoken evil bear witness of the evil unquote. john chapter 18 verse 23 and prayed that they convince and convict him from the writings of the prophets and apostles. If this were done, he would at once be ready and willing to retract every error, and be the first to cast his own books into the fire. Hereupon, the imperial spokesman addressed him in harsh tones, and told him that they wished a simple and clear answer, whether or no he would recant. Distinctly and plainly, Luther then replied, since your imperial majesty desires a clear simple and precise answer i will give you one which has neither horns nor teeth unless i am convinced by the testimony of the holy scriptures or by patent clear and cogent reasons and arguments for i believe neither the pope nor the councils alone since it is evident that they have often erred and contradicted themselves and because the passages adduced and quoted by me have convinced and bound my conscience in god's word therefore i cannot and will not recant since it is neither safe nor advisable to do anything against conscience here i stand i cannot do otherwise god help me amen about eight o'clock in the evening the session was closed and two men led luther away while he was still in the throng duke eric of brunswick sent him a silver flagon of Einbeck beer with a request that he would refresh himself 
Luther drank it, and said, As Duke Eric has now remembered me, so may our Lord Jesus Christ remember him in his last hour. At the same time Luther was of good courage. When he arrived at his inn, where many friends were awaiting him, he cried with lifted hands and beaming face, I am through, I am through. He also said, If I had a thousand heads, I would rather lose every one of them than recant. By the courageous and steadfast confession of Luther, many were won for his cause. The emperor, however, exclaimed, He will not make a heretic of me. But when the partisans of the Pope tried to persuade the emperor to break his promise of safe conduct, he said with great solemnity, A man must keep his word, and if faith is not found in all the world, it ought to be found with the German emperor. The elector said to Spalatin, Oh, how well Martin conducted himself! What a beautiful address he delivered both in German and Latin before the emperor and all the estates. To me, he appeared almost too bold. According to an order of the Diet, several more attempts were made within the following days to induce Luther to recant. Luther, however, remained steadfast, and again and again requested, Convince me from the scriptures, and appealed to the words of Gamaliel. If this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. 4. Luther's Homeward Journey Together with several friends, Luther, on the 26th of April, left Worms after the emperor had again granted him safe conduct for twenty-one days. The imperial herald, Caspar Sturm, accompanied him to Freiburg. At this place, Luther dismissed him with a letter to the emperor in which he returned thanks for the safe conduct. Although the emperor had forbidden it, nevertheless, Luther preached to large audiences at Harsford and Eisenacht. He also visited his relatives in Moira and preached there under a linden tree near the church. On the 4th of May he continued his journey, his relatives accompanying him to the castle Alfenstein. There they separated. After a little while the wagon turned into a narrow pass. Suddenly armed horsemen dashed out of the forest, fell upon the wagon, and amid curses and threats commanded the driver to halt, and tore Luther from his seat. Without molesting the others, they threw a mantle upon Luther, placed him upon a horse, and led him zigzag through the forest. It was nearly midnight when the drawbridge of the Wartburg fell, and the castle received the weary horsemen within its protecting walls. 5. Luther under the ban. A presentiment had told Elector Frederick the Wise what would come, and therefore he had sheltered the steadfast confessor from the brewing storm. On the 26th of May already an imperial order appeared, which is known as the Edict of Worms. By it the ban of the empire was proclaimed against Luther and all who would protect him. It declared, quote, Whereas Luther, whom we had invited to appear before us at Worms, has stubbornly retained his well-known heretical opinions, and therefore, with the unanimous consent of the electors, princes, and estates of the empire, we have determined upon the execution of the bull as a remedy against this poisonous pest, and we now command everyone under pain of the imperial ban from the fourteenth day of this month of May not to shelter, house, nor give food or drink to aforesaid Luther, nor succor him by deed or word, secretly or publicly, with help, adherence, or assistance, but take him prisoner wherever you may find him, and send him to us securely bound. Also, 
to overpower his adherents, abettors, and followers, and to appropriate to yourselves and keep their possessions. Luther's poisonous books and writings are to be burned and in every way annihilated. Unquote. 6. Opinions on Luther's Disappearance Luther's sudden disappearance caused great excitement everywhere in Germany. His friends mourned him as dead, murdered by his enemies. His opponents rejoiced and spread the lie that the devil had carried him off. A Roman Catholic wrote to the Archbishop of Mayence, quote, We now have our wish. We are rid of Luther. But the people are so aroused that I fear we will hardly be able to save our lives unless we hunt him with lighted torches and bring him back, unquote. The celebrated painter Albrecht Dürer of Nuremberg, who from the beginning had rejoiced at Luther's words as the lark rejoices at the golden dawn of day, wrote in his diary, quote, Whether he still lives or whether they have murdered him, I do not know. He has suffered this for the sake of Christian truth, and because he reproved anti-Christian popery. O oh God, if Luther is dead, who henceforth will purely preach to us the holy gospel? Unquote. 7. Luther at the Wartburg While poor Christendom mourned and wailed, Luther sat upon the Wartburg, securely sheltered against the curses of the Pope and the ban of the Emperor. For ten months he dwelled there, known as Knight George. In order not to be recognized, he had to lay aside his monk's cowl, let his beard grow, and don the full dress of a knight. At first he was not even permitted to study, that his books might not betray him. He had to follow the knights and squires out into the forest, over hill and dale, upon the chase, and to gather strawberries. But wherever he went and wherever he stood, he thought of his beloved Wittenberg and the condition of the church. Once, at a hunt, when a poor little driven rabbit ran into his sleeve and the hounds came and bit it to death, he said, Just so Pope and Satan rage, that they may kill the saved souls and frustrate my endeavors. In his quiet retreat, he studied holy scriptures, wrote sermons upon the Gospels, and translated the New Testament into German. End of chapter 12